When that psychiatrist said to us years ago that Josiah was going to end up permanently in a long-term psychiatric hospital, that was the only avenue he saw for him. I lost hope for a moment. I did. Thankfully, it was only for a moment because my faith is way stronger. But I'm here to tell you, don't give up on your kids. They will surprise you. Hey there, I'm Sandy Deppish, and this is the Embrace the Blessing podcast. Each week, I talk with a parent who has a child with a disability. They share their biggest challenge, their greatest joy, and their hopes and dreams for the future. You'll learn about resources available to you and discover helpful hints and tips. If you want to be inspired and encouraged, stick around. Let's walk the road less traveled together. Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of Way Back Wednesday, where I will share a sneak peek into a little bit of what our life looked like behind the scenes. Actually, what I want to do today is read a couple of the blog posts from 2018 and then update you because last night I was at a board meeting with some of my friends and one of the moms at the meeting with tears in her eyes was telling me how exciting it was for her to see the growth in Josiah in the last few years. And it made me realize that day to day we live in the moment and we tend to have, or at least I tend to have the feeling that whatever season we're in, it's going to last forever. The purpose of today's episode is to help those of you who may think the same way to understand that it doesn't. The season that you're in is just a season. If it's difficult and challenging and overwhelming and you're not sleeping, it's not going to be that way forever. There is hope. Things change, things improve, things get better. That's what I want you to hang on to. So I want to read a few stories about when things were challenging and I wasn't sure we were going to get through. So all that to say, sit back, listen in. I want to share a snippet from what life has been like in the last few years. The first story is from January of 2018. It's called Helmets Galore, and I'm just going to read it to you. Imagine we're sitting together. You're my kindergarten kids sitting on the floor, crisscross applesauce, (laughs) and I'm in the rocking chair reading aloud a story. Okay, here we go. It's called Helmets Galore. It's dated January 7th of 2018. Josiah was discharged from the hospital today. He was frantic and in apparent agony as we raced him to the ER in the wee hours of the morning Friday. Tuesday, he began struggling with incontinence, which is unusual for him, increased thirst, heightened aggression, and self-injurious behaviors, incessant screaming to the point of making himself hoarse, and a bloody left ear from too many punches. Earlier in the week, as things began spiraling downward, I quickly ordered two different helmets for him from Amazon. One is a skater's helmet, heavy and cumbersome, completely padded inside with great ear protection, but clearly not meant for the purpose for which I purchased it. The other, constructed of lightweight, ventilated foam with custom cold packs for a cooling element, is designed for individuals with disabilities, and it includes a padded chin strap. It was also quite a bit more pricey. It saddens me Josiah needs a helmet at all, let alone three of them. 
The first one he received in September from the hospital, but it leaves his ears exposed, so there's always the opportunity for him to easily injure them. I purchased a Lycra body sock to keep his arms tucked safely at his sides. However, it hinders most other activities as well, and when he really wants to, Josiah's learned how to work his way out of it. The only other solution I could think of was different headgear. The skater helmet arrived Saturday and was placed on Josiah's head in the hospital shortly after. So far, it's been effective. He hasn't been pummeling his ears, so there's that. However, we have no definitive answers. Why does our boy double over, screaming, punching, scratching himself and us? Why does he lunge for me to rip out my hair? Why do his episodes, for lack of a better term, come out of nowhere? last for 10 to 15 minutes, and then suddenly stop. Why have they increased in intensity and frequency last year? Why, with all the intervention since February of 2017, have things not improved or at least stayed the same? Why has Josiah's quality of life continued to decline month after month? What is the purpose of intervening at all if it's not going to create a positive outcome? How much more can this boy take? I don't know. The doctors and the specialists at the hospital didn't either. They ran tests. They did an x-ray. They looked closely at his pancreas, gallbladder, and liver with an ultrasound. In addition to blood work, urine, and stool testing, they listened intently. They put their heads together to sort out this mystery as best they could. They were not willing to send us home until they tweaked medications, ordered additional outpatient testing, and offered helpful advice. It was the first time in a long time we were not dismissed and sent home with little hope. We aren't out of the woods yet, not even close, but we're home. Josiah jumped joyfully on his trampoline as soon as we got in the door and was very happy to be back in his own bed. Here's hoping we all have a great night's sleep tonight. Here's hoping 2018 is the year Josiah's issues resolve and he's a happy camper every single stinking month. And here's to the thoughtful, compassionate, kind, and helpful staff at Texas Children's Hospital Main Campus. We are so grateful for the wonderful care they took of Josiah this weekend. Okay, so fast forward a few months. Now we're in July, July 19th of 2018. And this story is called Figuring It Out Ourselves. Josiah wears a helmet 24-7. He has five different ones. Two are soft helmets to be worn at bedtime. Three are hard shell helmets, some with face guards to keep him from punching himself. Without a helmet, Josiah punches his head, cheeks, or chin constantly. It seems to be almost a reflex he can't control. We work on cool hands to encourage Josiah to put his hands in his pockets and keep them there for a bit. We use a weighted vest, wrist weights, compression tubes, and gel padded gloves throughout his day to keep him safe from himself. His quality of life since September 2017 has steadily declined. We've gotten to a better place the past few months as of April 2018, but without protective supports in place, Josiah would self-harm continuously. He was so self-injurious, he was hospitalized three times in a few months, had multiple GI cleanouts, an MRI, a CT scan, an abdominal ultrasound, boatloads of x-rays, and countless vials of blood drawn. We were told by his GI specialist he needed either daily enemas, Botox injections in his rectum, or a secostomy button. 
We were told by a psychiatrist the best placement for Josiah would be in a psychiatric hospital for the short term so they could wean him off all of his meds, figure out which ones would be the most beneficial, then slowly add meds back on to hopefully decrease challenging behaviors. He thinks in a few years, Josiah will be too combative and difficult to handle at home. The best long-term outcome for him would be a permanent placement in an adult psychiatric hospital. He offered a prescription drug we could use that has had limited success with certain populations like Josiah. However, there were no guarantees it would work for him. I did some research. It's primarily used for drug addicts and alcoholics to wean them from their addictions. We were told by an autoimmune specialist Josiah had autoimmune encephalitis and left unchecked, he would die. He said, your son's brain is on fire and he needs help now. $2,000 later, with no improvement, we learned from a different autoimmune specialist, Josiah most certainly does not have autoimmune encephalitis. This doctor combed through Josiah's medical records from birth through age 16 and spent four to five hours with Rick and me asking probing questions to get a clearer picture of Josiah. He was attentive, kind, compassionate, but he had nothing to offer in the way of a But he had nothing to offer in the way of a diagnosis or a treatment plan. It was suggested to us by one of Josiah's amazing caregivers that reducing Josiah's daily dose of Miralax from six servings down to three might be beneficial. She suggested adding prunes to each meal and a fiber-rich smoothie every morning, along with eliminating oatmeal, which is his favorite breakfast option. Things began to improve only after we implemented her ideas. However, Josiah's quality of life is not what it could be. Our primary focus at this point is keeping him from being a danger to himself and others. I shudder to think what life would be like for him if all of his protective supports were removed. This can't be as good as life gets for Josiah. A life with a permanent helmet, constantly seeking the security and comfort of a compression tube. So moving on past specialists and their theories, we're starting today on natural supplemental products. God is in control. I trust his plan. I have faith there is a purpose here, and I pray Josiah is able to regain some normalcy in his life. I'll keep you posted. Okay, third story in this trilogy is called Learning to Let Go, and this is from November 27th of that same year, of 2018. Some days are character-building days. We seem to have quite a few of them around here. I'm not my best on days like these. Maybe that's why they happen so frequently. Maybe I just need more opportunities to do better, to let it all go. I think if you were here watching, you might assume it's going rather well. From the outside, at least I hope, It appears I have it all pulled together. In the moments when things aren't going well, I jump into action with a quiet resolve to do whatever is required. I'm determined and focused and self-assured. I try to take my eyes off the situation to look for the blessing. After all, it's not about me. It's about serving and loving and making a difference for others. It's about compassion and kindness. I tell myself this many times over, even singing through some of it, because singing makes everything better. And then when the moments are over, I implode. Most of the time, I don't even see it coming. I feel strong and courageous and determined one second, the mama bear racing to rescue her cub, and the next, I dissolve into tears. 
what's that all about? I read recently that crying is the transformation of distress into something tangible and that the process itself helps to reduce the feeling of trauma. Crying regulates us. Maybe that's why it happens when I least expect it. Perhaps I need more regulating than I realize. And maybe putting on a happy face when there's not much joy inside isn't fooling anyone but me. I've heard when your life is full of challenges, God is using the opportunities to transform your character for future service. Let's just hope God needs my help in Bora Bora. I'd be great at testing hammocks. So much for a trilogy. There's one more piece to this story that I think is important. It's from October 8th of 2020. And it's titled, Hallelujah, Praise the Lord. Josiah no longer wears a helmet. That statement is all in caps with multiple exclamation marks. Today is day seven without that bulky face masked obstruction hiding his handsome face. And all it took was a trip to Florida. If you know anything about Josiah, you know it has been three years. How could it possibly be three years that he has been wearing a padded helmet nearly every minute of every day. He bathed in it. He slept in it. He ate in it. He lived in that thing. In fact, he needed several helmets so two could air out while one was on his head. Over the past year or so, there have been some successes in removing the helmet for short periods of time. Depending upon who was with him and what he was doing, Josiah was even able to go like four to six hours most recently without it. Honestly, those longer stretches without it were usually with one of his amazing caregivers, whom we affectionately refer to as the Josiah Whisperer. That guy can get Josiah to do things none of the rest of us can. About a month ago, we began insisting the helmet be removed for meals and snacks. It was slow going at first. At times, Josiah opted to keep his helmet on and forego his food. He and his helmet have become one over these past many, many months. So imagine our shock and delight last week when Josiah took off his helmet, handed it to the Josiah Whisperer, and signed, finished. Finished for the moment? Finished for the day? Finished for good? We weren't quite sure what Josiah meant when he signed finished, but from that moment on, the helmet was gone. Since we had two of Josiah's amazing caregivers with us in Florida, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to run with it. There was enough distraction that Josiah didn't even seem to miss his helmet much at all. He even did exceptionally well on the 10-hour drive home without it. He bounced joyfully in the backseat to his favorite songs. And now that we're home and Josiah's in his own turf... He's been testing us a bit. We've seen a spike in attempts at self-injurious behavior, and we've endured several scratches, but we're sticking to our guns and working through it. Those three helmets are put away out of sight. And at this point, there's no turning back. Josiah without his helmet is an answer to fervent prayer. I'm still so amazed and incredibly grateful when I see his helmetless head across the room. I marvel at God's goodness. Josiah and his whisperer friend have even embarked on a new business venture. We're all so proud of Josiah and the remarkable progress he's made. I've been thinking, if vacations make this much of a positive impact on him, it just might be time to plan our next trip. So fast forward to present day, July of 2022. Josiah never did go back to wearing a helmet. I threw two of them away. I have one saved just in case, though I know we're never going to need it. He never wears a compression tube. He doesn't use a weighted blanket. He doesn't wear 
padded anything anymore. Josiah has become a different person. He now plays adaptive tennis, which is huge and incredible to me. This past week, he went out with a student from UTMB who was a volunteer, his buddy, and stayed out on the court for over an hour with her while she helped him lob the tennis ball back over the net repeatedly. That's something I would have never envisioned. When that psychiatrist said to us years ago that Josiah was going to end up permanently in a long-term psychiatric hospital, that was the only avenue he saw for him. I lost hope for a moment. I did. Thankfully, it was only for a moment because my faith is way stronger. But I'm here to tell you, don't give up on your kids. They will surprise you. So the whole purpose of me sharing these stories with you today is to encourage you. If you're in a dark place, if you're in a difficult period, a season that's very, very hard to walk through, hang in there. It gets better. Don't lose hope. Pray without ceasing. Reach out for support. Talk to others who have been where you are. Surround yourself with people who can hold you up through the darkest days. Get some respite if you need it. Trust that things will get better because I believe that they will. And I'm praying for you. Thanks for listening to the Embrace the Blessing podcast. Visit embracetheblessing.com slash podcast for show notes and links to any resources mentioned. If this has been beneficial to you, please share it with a friend or post it on your social media pages. Join me next Wednesday for more inspiring stories from people just like you.